Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today, a company known for making vinyl buys another company known for making vinyl. We know something, Jon Snow. And Marvel is headed back to Hall H. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for This Week in Geek, listen, if you attend Hall H, maybe Mon don't sit behind this extra tall Funko fanatic. He's Justin, a.k.a. J-Law. Yo, yo, what's up? I mean, I never had to sit behind you when we were at Hall H. Luckily enough, you got to sit to the left of me. Uh, but I, I just feel bad for the person that was sitting back there. Well, we had, we had like open, we had the open aisle in front of us when we sat there, right? That's true. So I, we had that leg room so we could extend. That's true. You were, you were pretty much like on an angle the entire time, (laughs) entire time, like leaning back. We were tired. We were tired. We were sleeping on the ground. Uh, (laughs) and he's the sweetest summer child I know. He's Kevin, King of the North, Hudson. I don't know if anybody's ever described me as sweet. Um, I'm more like <laughs> a salty sweaty, summer child. I'm the, oh, the I'm sweaty, the sweaty <laughs> summer child. If anything, I love it. I love it. Uh, speaking of sweaty summer children, uh, guys. I mean, now it's you know after the interview with Hayden, Justin let it slip that uh, he's going to be having uh, a, a little baby. Uh, and Kevin, of course, you announced on one of our previous twigs that you are too. I got to ask you guys a really important question uh, now that our podcast listeners know officially what's going on. Uh, what are some of the worst baby names that, that have you, you know, come across your mind and you're like, no, 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 that is, that is terrible. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions for worst baby names? Names are minimal for us right now. Yeah. We're we're very we're very choosy with names. It's like there's a lot of no's. Right. And all of those no's are usually based on association and not having a good recollection of that name. Yeah. Any of those sorts. You're so almost it's, like it's, it's almost it's like one a, of those things. It's almost like a uh, like um you're you're walking on a minefield because you could run into somebody at any point in time that's absolutely terrible and if they happen to have the same <laughs> name of the of the name you're considering for your baby it's like the worst. Uh yeah, I think I think for myself um you know I grew up uh, with three younger brothers, and they all have more traditionally female names. Okay, um, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then with my daughter, we're we're planning on naming her Robbie. Obviously, a more traditionally male name. Uh, we're doing sure. so after my father, and just because it's a, a really cool, cute name. Um, mm-hmm. But so I'm okay with with getting creative, breaking gender rules, all that sort of thing. I think for me, what my really voice. bothers me is when people try to make a name unique by spelling it in ridiculous ways. When you start having <laughs> silent yeah. letters and, and just things that don't work mm-hmm. phonetically. As a, as a grammar snob myself when it comes to writing, <laughs> I just hate seeing names that are poorly spelled. Yeah. That drives like what's me Elo- nuts. What's Elon Musk's kid's name, isn't it? Like well, A-E-X. even they changed it. Even they Did changed they? it because they knew, like, this kid can't grow up with a name <laughs> that nobody in their right mind can pronounce oh or understand. Gosh. Listen, if any of the parents listening to this have kids that are named this, I apologize. But, like, I don't know, like, names like Javen, like Javen, like, you can just hear it in the streets, like, Javen, Javen, put that down, Javen, <laughs> or, like, or, like, Tomothy, like, no, pick one. It's either Timothy or Tom, like, don't call your kid Tomothy. Um, I also, like parents that name their kids that are just like straight up like words like sativa I've, I've met a sativa once and like i've never met one but i've heard of rolex apparently some some people wow. name their kid rolex um i mean I don't know. at that at that point there's no limits right might as well right uh, this is my son x lax and my daughter viag <laughs> yeah and muffin <laughs> oh man absolutely nuts and i also like i i like old people names though i think that's starting to come into yeah, style too. still i love the name you know we we just talked about uh, only murders in the building i think mabel is an absolutely beautiful name um i think you can get away with susan if she, you know if she goes by Susie, right um but like i don't know how i feel about like a baby named like like gail or clarence like Clarence to me, like there's some names that I think are still too old. Like Pearl, Pearl, 
Uh, Pearl might right. work. Yeah, yeah Pearl might bad. work, but yeah. I don't know. Like a little baby yeah. Clarence, it <laughs> feels weird to me. Yeah, I, I have, I have turned to the book of Star Wars names. Oh yeah, on on several occasions to try to find. Uh, we're getting a Star Wars name in there somewhere. Oh, let's go. Middle name, maybe it's a first name. Well, we'll see. We'll let's see. go. Fantastic. Yeah. So Natalie, Anakin, uh, Lawrence. I guess is that's what you're gonna go with. <laughs> Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to make it work. All right. Well, listen, guys. It's been a hot minute since we did this week in geeks. So some of the news that we're going to go over today uh, might be a little bit older, but listen, we have to talk about it. So let's get into the news. It's all about the details. First up, uh, this one is, uh, again, a little bit of an older story, but um, a really important one, especially to us if you've known our podcast from the beginning uh, in our days on YouTube. Obviously, you can you know we're huge Funko people. Uh, and Funko buys Mondo, high-end pop culture collectibles vendor from Alamo Drafthouse. This is an exclusive uh, coming from Todd Spangler at Variety. Funko is popping cult-fave pop culture brand Mondo into its merch mix. It's a tough sentence to say. Uh, under a deal with indie theater chain Alamo Drafthouse, Funko acquired Mondo, which creates and sells vinyl records uh, and soundtracks, posters, toys, apparel, books, games, and other collectibles. Uh, about 30 Mondo employees are now joining Funko. That's at 30. Uh, financial terms of the deal are not being disclosed, but it's obviously not massive. Funko says it does not expect the Mondo acquisition to have a material impact on its financial performance in 2022. Mondo, based in Austin, Texas, was founded in 2001 by Rob Jones and Tim League uh, and was previously a subsidiary of Alamo Drafthouse. Mondo has become best known for its limited edition vinyl records, very limited edition, I can never get one, uh, and screen-printed posters, which focus on bringing art back to music and cinema through collaborations with acclaimed artists. Uh, Funko CEO Andrew Perlmutter told Variety the deal for Mondo was finalized this week after Memorial Day. Quote, Mondo's devoted fan base and high-end pop culture collectibles make it the perfect complement to Funko's current portfolio of brands, he said. Uh, by leveraging our international distribution and licensing network, we feel well positioned to expedite the growth of the Mondo brand. On Mondo's side, for its part, they commented, quote, We are still the same company that started in the theater lobby, only now with more resources to support our vision. We can't wait to show you what's next. Funko intends to run Mondo the way it has managed Loungefly, uh, the apparel and accessories brand it acquired in 2017. According to Perlmutter, again with another quote, Mondo will operate as a unique brand in the portfolio, gradually integrating into the common back-end functions where it increases efficiency or makes sense. So guys, obviously, as I mentioned at the top, we are huge Funko fans. We're huge Mondo fans. Uh, I got to ask, are you, mm. do you guys think this is a match made in heaven or are you a little bit worried about how this might change Mondo or Funko. I hope it changes Mondo for the better. Yeah. That you can, like you said, like you can't get any of their stuff because they have bots patrolling and they do nothing about it. Yeah. And I know Funko has had the same problems and I think they're a better positioned to have more resources to maybe hopefully combat that. But that being said, it it makes sense that Funko would acquire Mondo yeah. to bring them into the to the family of of collectibles and as 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 the Mondo rep said, you know, leverage their resources le leverage funko's resources to help expand and grow so that you know you you can still operate as this small art house uh collectible and print shop mm -hmm. but you just have more resources at, and funko's resources at your disposal mm. yeah i really hope it doesn't change anything in terms of the identity of mondo mm -hmm. and i and i and i'm fine with them doing the 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 extremely limited runs that they do just because that yep. makes every piece uh, that that cool and and, that and unique and special yeah. um but like justin said i really do hope that you know uh maybe uh with funko's experience and and uh you know just better uh, resources they can cut down on bots and uh and make it so that the the limited run goes to people and fans who really want this stuff instead of people who, who, are, yeah. who are just there to make a quick buck that's always bothered yeah. me about funko's too you know and it would be nice to see more yeah. un unlimited runs. You know what I mean? Like, I think, yes, the limited runs for the very special pieces that Mondo does. But I think as they start to expand, I mean, I, I love the idea of maybe getting to see some of their stuff at Disney. You know, Loungefly is all over Disney parks. 
right? So I think it would be really cool to see Mondo start to break into that scene. And, and you know, there's a few of those, like, art stores, uh, you know, in, in Disney and, and in downtown Disney and, and Disney Springs. Uh, and so I think it would be really cool to see if if we do get uh, some of that. Like Mondo Mickey's, dude. It's likely. Like Mondo Mickey's, my yeah, guy. Let's be, go. Yeah. That would be awesome. And yeah. I wonder if this doesn't benefit Mondo just getting access to the huge licensing um, right. you know, exactly. opportunities that, that Funko's well, gotten for themselves over the years. Yeah. Yeah, well, look at Loungefly. Like they are, they pretty much play in the same same licensing world as Funko. So, and their stuff goes hand in hand, right? And you have to wonder if this will go the other way around as well. I mean, you know, granted, Funko has a lot of resources, but Mondo has a very specific sort of, um, I think, group of artists that they can bring maybe to the Funko side. Like, do we start to see maybe more high end Funko? products as well like as they start to integrate a little they bit have an more artist more. series right and so it's like how they do have an artist but series, like so, yeah. could we get it could we potentially be seeing you know the funko pop product line in maybe a even a different material do they go that far or maybe they keep it separate but um i don't know man I, this has gotten me really stoked cool sweet well i am interested and stoked to see what their first collaboration will be and then again you know if anyone from mondo or funko is listening Mondo Mickey's make it a thing. It's got to be a thing. It's right there. It's so easy. Uh, but listen, great Scott back to the future. The musical is headed to Broadway in 2023. This comes from Ryan O'Rourke at Collider. Uh, it's about time. Back to the Future, the musical is officially set for Broadway as expected after widespread acclaim for the West End production. Producers confirmed the musical was bro- uh, was Broadway-bound in a tweet on the official Back to the Future Twitter account that included a small promo clip showing off the famous DeLorean time machine with Marty McFly and Dr. Emmett Brown about to speed through time at 88 miles per hour. Synchronize your watches because the musical will arrive in 2023. Based on the 1985 classic starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, the musical was a long was was long in the works idea originally conceived by one of the film's original writers Bob Gale. It made its world premiere at the Manchester Opera House in March 2020 before moving over to West End in the, uh, in September of that year. The pandemic obviously threw a wrench in the plans for production, but it came roaring back when it opened in 2021 uh, at the Adelphi Theatre, winning an Olivier Award for Best New Musical this year in 2022. Back to the Future, the musical featured a pair of talented actors. Uh, leading, uh, taking the lead roles with Ollie Dobson playing Marty McFly and Tony Award winner Roger Bart donning the lab coat as the wild-haired Doc Brown. Uh, it featured a book from Gale adapted from the original screenplay penned by him and his Back to the Future co-writer and director Robert Zemeckis with Alan Silvestri and Glenn Ballard composing the original music used in the musical. Since the film was also known for its legendary soundtrack, classic tracks like Huey Lewis's The Power of Love and Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good are also featured in the musical. There are currently no details on what theater Back to the Future the musical will play in, nor are there many other details other than just that tweet. But the official site has a place to sign up uh they say quote sign up yesterday uh for more information as it becomes available and first access tickets for the show uh so kevin with your love for the original franchise uh but musicals maybe not being so much your jam i want to know is this is this a musical you're actually going to go see i actually don't mind musicals as much when they're live on a stage being performed i think it works better for the format uh i'm still not a huge fan, but uh, <laughs> sure. no. Again, I think it p- plays better in that regard. Um, and this is definitely one that I would check out. I just want to hear, you know, the main theme with lyrics over it. You know, oh, totally great, Scott. <laughs> we've got to get back in the DeLorean. He's already writing that it. That would dude. be He's amazing. It. I love it. Yeah, I think this sounds uh, this sounds uh, awesome. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's um, it, I think it's going to be really big. It, it, they've got Zemeckis and Alan Silvestri behind yeah. it, like that. That seems like they're going to keep things pretty close to the original. And with the use of those songs, like you have to imagine, they probably had to do quite a bit of like legal jumping around and yeah. and pay some good money for the those tracks. Um, so to be able to bring it across, I mean, it sounds like they've they've got the heart for it. Sure, I, I think I think probably in regards to getting the rights to those musics for 
a theatrical play, depending on how long that run is, I, I'm, I'm, I imagine that would probably be more affordable than getting it for a movie where it's going to be there forever. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, the fact that they're they're they are going back to the roots of Back to the Future with Zemeckis and so many other parts of the original movie kind of contributing. It just means they have the support. They have the backing. It's it's the next evolution of of the of the story yeah. uh, to be envisioned in a musical. And it makes sense. It, 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 it can it could leverage some of that uh, campiness that musicals will give to help, you know, uh, tell the story again in, in a different way uh, while still feeling, in, you know, very much a, a, a retro uh, play, if you will. Right. Totally. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's such a cool idea. And it's only it's only in, they haven't they haven't said what theater it's going to be in, though. Eh? I think well, the only thing I've heard is that it's going to be in New York, I think, maybe, um, which I mean, I've never been to New York. So, like, if we want to start planning our trip right now. And get over there. I think this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Because, um, yeah, man, I think this, this sounds like like a ton of fun. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, a, a different group of people play these characters. Um, I think that's another aspect to it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to see if, if if Kevin would dig it or not. That's all. <laughs> uh, I'm now, Kevin, if, DeLorean. I'm doing it, baby. Kevin, if they recorded this and put it on some sort of streaming service, you'd watch it day one, right? See no, see I just there we go. Play the we same way him. for me. Yeah, we lost him. Yeah, we got to <laughs> see it live. We got to see it live. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Um, speaking of seeing things live, there's going to be a bunch of people in San Diego that are going to see some really dope stuff live very soon uh, because Kevin Feige confirms Marvel Studios' big return to San Diego Comic Con uh, is next month. Uh, this comes from Valerie Ettenhofer at Slash Film. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has confirmed that the studio will make its epic San Diego Comic-Con return next month. Uh, Quote, we'll be at Comic-Con next month, which we're excited about. (laughs) Kevin Feige revealed, noting that the massive studio hasn't been present at the massive pop culture convention since 2019. Feige notes that this will be the first time since we were on stage three years ago talking about this movie and many others. I believe he's referring to uh, Thor, Love and Thunder uh, in that quote. Um, now, Feige notes that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has pretty much played the, enti- uh, played the entire hand it revealed at the con three years ago. Uh, quote, I think that not everything, but almost everything we discussed three years ago has now been released, mm-hmm. Feige says. So yes, we're excited to go and talk about the future. Continuing, he said, we always look at least five years to 10 years ahead. The plans sometimes change and twists and turns happen, but his statements indicate that the studio has at least a rough outline of what the next five years plus will look like. Uh, So, guys, with this Hall H return confirmed for July 23rd, I want your thoughts. I want to know what do you think about this and as well as. What are your predictions for what's getting announced? I, I would love it if you gave me one hmm. like safe prediction, and then I want one get crazy with me, get one wild prediction. Hmm, uh, that's that's a tough one because I was I was thinking about it today. Like they've released most of what they announced in 2019. Right. I think the only things really are Black Panther, which is right around the corner, She Hulk, which is also right around the corner, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and then we got. Uh, Marvels, I think, as well yeah. was probably announced there, and that's coming later. Was that Mahershala Ali as well as Blade? Yeah, Blade uh, was, was that in announced there. then. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also that was announced. Fantastic Four, obviously. So I think we're we're likely to get more information about Fantastic Four, yeah. um, even with John Watts out, maybe casting news mm-hmm. um, in regards to that. But I think the crazy one would be if they if they announce that they're doing a Secret Wars like movie. Yeah, dude. Uh, with with the Russo brothers uh, coming back to direct, you know, because they've they've been very open about you know basically Infinity War and Endgame was sort of their way of trying to tell that story yeah right and they would love to come back and actually tell that story yeah um, it would kind of create so, like a north star i think, I think right yeah. like it would kind of create like a, a a big event thing that we're all like okay this is where we're heading towards and i mean we kind of a lot of the fandoms already kind of figured it out right so yeah i think i think that's where they're heading with variants and 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 um you know multiverses and all of that Incursions, and, and we've now yeah. we've met kang yeah. like i think i think that's where we're headed so uh, I do think that's the big, the next big uh, event to take place. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, um, do you have any safe think, predictions? Yeah, I think uh, we'll get some information uh, about like a Thunderbolts movie. I think yeah. um, 
I think they've set that up. We've got most of the main players with Yelena and and Baron von Zemo and, and everyone uh, sort of ready to go there. So I think we'll get some sort of official announcement for that. I mean, I do want to say I'm still, anytime a Hall H Marvel appearance is mentioned, I still get bitter uh, remembering sitting out <laughs> just 150 feet from the Hall H doors uh, for 12 hours waiting to get into the building. I was I was that close from seeing the big one back in 2015, which was basically every Avenger on stage, Brolin announced as Thanos coming out with the gauntlet. Like, that would have been Dude. the epic of all epicness. And all I got to see was six black SUVs with a police escort enter through the back of the building, and that was apparently... <sighs> The whole cast. So I got to see them from afar um, behind black tinted windows, and that was as close as I got. So, yeah, <laughs> I do get bitter every time a Hall H Marvel appearance is, is mentioned. Um, Absolutely. But if I was going to go crazy, everybody's been talking about John Krasinski as Reed Richards for mm-hmm. years now, and then we did get to see him as a variant form of that character. But I yeah. think rather than seeing him on that side of the camera for the Fantastic Four, I think it would be crazy if they announced that he would be helming and directing the Fantastic Four movie. Um, uh, I, I love his work so far with A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. Um, and I just think it would be a crazy turn of events to see him behind the camera instead of in front of it for that franchise. It would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's yeah that makes a ton of sense. And I, I think it's, it's very likely that something like that could happen. And I also think that it's very likely he would cameo as a version of Reed Richards sure, yeah. in the movie, but it wouldn't be about him, right? Like it wouldn't be a story about with him as Reed Richards is the whole thing. I think there, this would be, this would be their way of really tapping into the multiverse um, that much more, but hearing more information, especially about like how Kevin Feige wanted to cast John Krasinski. I think there was an article that was released uh, recently online. I just saw it in my Twitter feed and uh, talked about how, Kevin Feige said that this is their opportunity to give fans what they wanted Mm -hmm. because he is a variant of Reed Richards. It's not going to be their version. So why not give it to them? So that was that fed that decision. And that makes sense. So but yeah, I I think I think John Krasinski has the directorial chops to lean into a Marvel movie to have have the heart and the fun with it. If anything, A Quiet Place wanted to very much prove that he can he can balance the the genre tropes with 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 a consistent story totally and like yeah i just think he's that i think it's a perfect way like you introduce him as that character and then he sort of he sort of can uh, bring everything he knows about the brief moment that he was to that movie uh for my safe prediction i was gonna say yeah thunderbolts kevin feige comes out logo on screen uh we get a date i think um, I think he brings up the entire cast on stage. We get Florence Pugh, Wyatt Russell, Tim Roth, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Uh, and then I think Sebastian Stan as Bucky, like as a surprise sort of add to yeah. that movie, I think would be really cool. Um, but because because uh, Kevin took that, I'm going to say Moon Knight season two, I think is a safe, safe bet. I think where we left Moon Knight, I think it would just it would work. I think it would really be really cool uh, to see that continued. Uh, and then my wild prediction is that we're going to get two Avengers movies announced. I think we're going to get, uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Secret Wars. I think it would be a really cool North Star. And I think there'd be another one. And this would be like the, like the, like, okay, you thought you knew enough with Secret Wars. Okay, well, did you know we're doing a young Avengers movie? I think would be really, really dope. I think we've seen Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. We got Cassie Lang as Stature, Elijah Bradley as Patriot, Tommy and Billy as Wiccan and Speed. Maybe not those exact actors, but uh, America Chavez, Kid That's Loki, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and and most recently with Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel in the MCU. Clearly, they're they're building this team, and we're seeing all of our main characters get replaced. We got Riri Williams coming in uh, as as Ironheart soon. I think imagine seeing all of them up on stage, and he's just like, "We're ready to go," and we get the announcement for who Billy and Tommy are. Like that would just be mind blowing, and I think it would be really cool sure. to sort of like you know, have have an understanding of like, yeah, there's not just one Avengers movie coming. It's like there's two. It'd be like a big mic drop moment for Kevin Feige. Yeah, I, I, I feel like everyone's thinking that the Young Avengers is is in some way 
meant to be like the big replacement to the Avengers team, but I think it's just a new team yeah. mashup. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, they've they've planted all those seeds so well throughout these this last what three years, I guess, yeah, uh, of of new content that yeah, it makes sense to tell that story. But I gotta know, like, what do you think we're gonna see though in terms of footage? Because I feel like we'll probably get some Black Panther footage. I hope so. At this, at point. least like a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and maybe maybe Marvels. Yeah, because that's coming out in February. Right. Um, I don't think we're gonna get Disney Plus stuff though. I think that's going to still be saved for D23 in, in September, if it's September, I believe. Anyways, that makes that's sense. Happening yeah, that makes sense. Year, so. Right. So maybe yeah. maybe so that's where I, they announce like Moon Knight movies. season two or they show footage of Echo yeah. or something like that would be really yeah, cool. They, exactly. Yeah. They they probably would do something like that. I, I don't think it's, it's not unlikely though that they would at least make the announcement. Yeah. Of a, of a season two for Moon Knight if that's something that they, they want to do. But to your point, maybe the things that are, are a little more... Um, in motion, if you will, mm-hmm. like Echo, yep. maybe some information about Daredevil. Yeah. Um, that might be at D23 because of the Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we'll, we'll probably get some more. We, we got to get something for Black Panther. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, I think it might be also kind of neat to see uh, in some way, just give it to me some way, get David Harbour back. I want a Red Guardian, even if it's like a mini series. Man, I guess that's would he show up in the Thunderbolts? Would that be where he is? He could. Yeah, he could sense, definitely I show sure. up. I think that's yeah. that's where I would put him. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. I just even if it was just him, even if it was just like a mini series of shorts where he's just giving life advice, like that would be phenomenal. He's just drunk and he's just giving life advice to people. <laughs> Give me a show or maybe an episode. I'm not sure with Bucky. Yeah. And Red Guardian, dude. <laughs> Like that would be dope. <laughs> that would be cool. And they like knew each other. Yeah. Right. Like he remembers him. And yeah, get like get Baron Zemo in there for some reason and just make it like exactly. this really great comedic. Go. Oh, dude, let's go. You know, we have to wait and see. Uh, not too long. Right. Again, I think it's uh, July 23rd uh, is when we are going to hear more. Uh, so listen, you know nothing, Jon Snow, but apparently Jon Snow knows something because Game of Thrones Jon Snow sequel series in development at HBO. This is an exclusive coming from James Hibbard at The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, You know nothing about HBO's post Game of Thrones plans. Uh, The network has entered into early development on its first sequel to its blockbuster fantasy drama, a live action spinoff series centered on the fan favorite character Jon Snow. The Hollywood Reporter has learned. Kit Harrington is attached to reprise the role should a series should a series move forward. Uh, the actor was twice nominated for an Emmy for his portrayal of the action hero uh, who struggles to ho- uphold his family's noble values in a brutal world. In Thrones uh, season eight uh, and the final season, Jon Snow discovered his true name was Aegon. Oh, spoilers for uh, Game of Thrones if everyone's worried. Jon Snow discovered his true name was Aegon Targaryen, a potential heir to the Iron Throne. Uh, in the series finale, he was exiled from Westeros and journeyed north of the Wall with the Wildlings to leave his old friend, or sorry, his old life behind. Uh, the development signals an intriguing new direction in HBO's handling of author George R. R. Martin's fantasy universe, a move not unlike Disney Plus's management of its Star Wars and Marvel brands, where the streamer has focused on uh, mm. success on launching character-focused sequel series such as WandaVision and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, this development news means there are now seven Holy crap. There are now seven Thrones projects in the work, in addition to the upcoming House of Dragon prequel series, uh, which debuts August 21st. So I guess that's eight in total. Um, uh, HBO's other live-action prequels in various stages of development are uh, 10,000 Ships, a.k.a. Nymeria, with showrunner Amanda Siegel, Nine Voyages, a.k.a. The Sea Snake, with showrunner Bruno, Bruno Heller, and Dunk and Egg, <laughs> I guess these are all like the code names, for show, uh, with showrunner Steve Conrad. There are also three animated prequel projects, first reported by The Hollywood Reporter, including The Golden Empire, which is set in the China-inspired land of Yi-T. Uh, in addition, there's a Game of Thrones stage play in development that would revive iconic characters and explore the origins of Robert's Rebellion, uh, which the Hollywood Reporter first reported in March. HBO and Harrington's representatives had no comment at this time. Guys, 
So with this like being like the seventh or eighth Game of Thrones project in the works right now, are you excited or are you worried that we might be delving dangerously into like Walking Dead spin-off territory where a lot of these things are going to fall flat on their face, maybe not get renewed in any way? Uh, what do you guys think? Sounds like they're squeezing this thing for his, for whatever. Yeah, the milk of, of the there, poppy right? is like coming they're... out of that teat quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. I don't know if that's where milk of the poppy comes from, but yeah, dude. I mean, to be fair, you guys don't seem to mind when they do eighteen different Star Wars shows a year. So, and I think <laughs> the true. world of I think George R. R. Martin created a pretty fair. big world that that that's still fair. has a lot to be explored. I'm just not sure if you know taking a character whose fate was pretty well wrapped up and decided for us and then launching him on a new series of adventures I, I you know mm-hmm. i think it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull it off um i think there's a lot of stuff that happened um in the stories north of the wall that they didn't really explore they really only focused Ooh. on the white walkers um uh, and there's a lot of magic to sort of still be explored that they can they can use as a basis for the show so Mm-hmm. I, I certainly think there's potential. Uh, I loved Kit Harrington. Jon Snow was my boy. He was my guy. Getting to see more Tormund would never be a bad thing at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, wouldn't a show following Arya discovering, you know, uncharted parts of the world be a, a more like a pirate a, Arya a, series? It'd be a bigger. It'd be Dude. such a better opportunity. Uh, so maybe and we'll see that have, down the well, road. People would have watched that. Yeah. Too. Well, one of those boat ships that you, the boat shows that you were talking about. Could have been the Nymeria one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I, honestly, I, I agree with you, Kevin. I'm stoked though to get more, at least of Kit Harrington. Again, like you said, Jon Snow's character is kind of like, we're done. But at the same time, like it's Kit Harrington. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. He, uh, I think he deserves kind of anything that that he wants to do. Um, Kit Harrington, apparently it was his idea to even do this uh amelia clark said to the bbc quote it's being created by kit as far as i can understand so he's in it from the ground up uh, and then george r. r martin said in a blog post yes it was kit harrington who brought the idea to us uh, i cannot tell you the names of the writers of the showrunners since that has not been cleared for release yet but kit brought them in too uh it's his own team and they are terrific so, I mean, you got to imagine this guy's got a lot of heart for this character. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's talked about before, like, how difficult it is to to shoot some of these shows. Um, and so I, I can only imagine, like, if he if this is what he's taking on, and especially with the reception of season eight being where it was, this is a big thing. And that's that's really scary. So I have I have trust in him that he's got something really good on his hands that he wants to bring forward. Yeah, he was he he's also talked about how like emotionally connected he was he was he went through a bit of depression yeah after this whole whole thing and and kind of letting go so you know i think through that he probably found a way to want to tell more stories and and you know accept that he he wants to be this character more if he's bringing people and and you know george R. R. martin's behind it like it just shows that again it, there's there's good support there it's not it's not just being done for the sake of it i you know, so I guess we'll we'll wait and see. I, I hope I hope they just decide to do like a little mini series with it as a, as a as a test trial to see if what you know how how audiences take it. But yeah, it, more Kit Harrington would be is is always welcomed. Yeah, I think it would be it would be interesting too. And I, I like the idea, Kevin, that you mentioned of like the stuff that happened behind the wall. Like like not necessarily that we want to see. Like this is a sequel series, but. I love, you know, I love me a flashback, Kevin. I love my flashbacks. So if we get <laughs> if we get some, you know, Jon Snow flashbacks and we get to see some stuff that happened cuz I mean, he's not a completely different age that it will look weird or they have to do any CGI. So I think that would be really cool if they could if they could solve that. Well, and even on that note, I mean, it's an opportunity to explore a little bit more um about the children of the forest and how the White Walkers actually came to be. I mean, we got in that whole eight season arc, we got one four minute flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really explored the 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 images in the caves that they discovered on Dragonstone. Uh, so yeah, you could you could have John sort of discovering what happened there in an attempt to make sure it never happened again. There's lots of possibilities for for what they can do with the show for sure. Totally interesting. Cool. Well, again, uh, winter. 
is coming back. So we'll have to wait for uh, more of that. Uh, that's it for the news, guys. Let's move on. Kevin, wait. Did you bring your banjo this time? I, I think you did. You got it there? I never forget the banjo, bud. It's on the knee, ready to go. Perfect. Well, let's get to it. It's trailer time. All righty. So our first trailer uh, that we got this evening uh, is for an Apple TV Plus series Surface uh, from showrunner Veronica West and executive producers Lauren Neustadter, Sam Miller, and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, this is set in high-end San Francisco. Surface stars Gugu Mbatha-Ra, uh, who's uh, most recently known on The Morning Show, as Sophie, a woman who has suffered a traumatic head injury that has left her with extreme memory loss, believed to be the result of a suicide attempt. As Sophie embarks on a quest to put the pieces of her life back together with the help of her husband and friends, she begins to question whether or not the truth she is told is in fact the truth she has lived through twists and turns uh, and a shocking love triangle, this sexy elevated thriller, that's in the description, uh, <laughs> asks, what if you woke up one day and didn't know your own secrets? Surface is a story of self-discovery which contemplates if we are pre-programmed to become who we are or if we choose our own identity. Again, this is starring Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Ari Grainer, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, who seems to be showing up everywhere, uh, Oliver Jackson-Cohen, Francois Arnaud, Stephen James, and Millie Bradley. This uh, Bradley, no, Millie Brady. Nailed it. Uh, this is streaming exclusively on Apple TV Plus on July 29th. Guys, what did you think of our first look at Surface? I have to say, I was really confused. I thought, why are we going and looking at the 2005 NBC show Surface starring Lake Bell? Uh, yeah. And then, and then of course, fi figured it all out and put the pieces back together. Um, I think this looks like it has a lot of potential, but yeah. might have also blown its entire load in the trailer. Mm. I really hope there's a lot more going on here than, than what they sort of described in the trailer. I hope there's some more twists and turns because it did seem like it was going to be built on this mystery that they mm -hmm. basically unfolded and gave to us in the trailer. In the so trailer. I really hope I there's more going on. I think there will be yeah, more I, more I, below the the it's, surface. It's just not, yeah. Maybe it's uh? just not as obvious. Oh, I see. Good one. <laughs> yeah, good one. the movie. Good the one. show's <laughs> called the show's called Surface. I I feel like I feel like yeah. To to Kevin's point, they they've re revealed all the the major players mm -hmm. that could potentially be taking part in you know this fabricating this truth and and hiding this secret from her. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I, I think that there's something interesting with these themes that, that Apple TV series seem to be playing with, you know, this feels very parallel to something like severance. Yeah. I, mean, like I was going to say, yeah. Identity and understanding. Yeah. Self. Another mystery yeah. box thriller. Um, I think the fact that she's afraid of her own husband and doesn't know who he is, is freaky and terrifying. And I, I love, I honestly, I, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra in, uh, in, in the morning show was so good. so, so good. And, you know, this is a collaboration between Apple TV Plus and Reese Witherspoon's uh, production company, Hello Sunshine. And they made, they did the morning show. And so their track record so far, <laughs> I mean, it's only one thing, but is that I know of is fantastic. Um, so this looks freaky. I think, yeah, all the different people in her life, like I kind of, um, I kind of got vibes of like the Truman Show. Just in the sense of like everyone collectively knows more than she does. Uh, I like that it's set in San Francisco. I like that it feels like uh, with the way it's shot too, with like all the fuzzy scenes. Like I feel like we're gonna get a lot of moments where we'll follow the main character and we will we'll just be right there with her. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like they're not gonna reveal their hand too quickly. It's gonna be a slow sort of mystery burn, and I'm I'm down for it. I'm down to check it out at least. Again, I, I like the the idea behind it. Um, right. Anyways, again, that is happening on uh, Apple TV Plus, July 29th. Uh, maybe we'll look at uh, trying to see if we can talk about it more in the future. But let's go on to this next trailer here. They slash them. 
directed and written by John Logan. Uh, this is a movie coming to Peacock. Uh, when a group of LGBTQ plus campers arrives at Whistler Camp, uh, which is a conversion camp run by Owen Whistler, played by Kevin Bacon, they are promised a new sense of freedom by the end of the week. But as the counselors attempt to psychologically break down each of the campers, a mysterious killer starts claiming victims, and they must reclaim their power if they're going to survive the horrors of the camp. Again, this stars Kevin Bacon, Theo Germain, Carrie Preston, Anna uh, Klumsky, Quay Tan, Austin Crute, Monique Kim, Anna Lore, Cooper Koch, and Darwin Del Fabro. Again, this is streaming on August 5th on Peacock. Uh, guys, who wants to kick it off here? What do we think of the trailer for They Slash Them? I think this was uh, the best uh, the, the the best put together trailer that we we saw this week. I thought it was really mm-hmm. really well done, uh, really creepy, eerie vibes. Uh, this movie is just absolutely terrifying looking because it is basically, <laughs> you know, what the Republicans are trying to do. Yeah, to, you know, and the, the it's like it's like if the Catholic Church ran. Um, a, a summer camp for for conversion therapy, like that's unreal. It's dude. clearly, uh, you know, uh, what was the the movie, uh, Hunted or the Hunters or the Hunt? I think it was that mm-hmm. very much spoke about, you know, gun control and everything like that. This is very much uh, looks like a commentary on that. With um, obvious, if you're if you're familiar with uh, Sleepaway Camp, um, and the big reveal at the end of that movie, a pretty uh, famous little twist to the end of the movie. I get a little bit of vibes from that, but no, it's like, yeah, it, it looks like a slasher film with a lot of social commentary, which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, it almost seems like there's multiple layers of horror that are at play in this movie, yeah. from like the social to the like the, the, the sort of demonic and the, the the murderous, if you will, So and, and the psychological in, in, in a lot of ways. So... This looks like horror done at its best when it mixes and plays with the genre. And, uh, you know, Kevin Bacon looks freaky as fuck. Dude, I'm stoked for him to be an antagonist. Like, I think that's fantastic. I hope he dances at one point, but it's, like, scary. Because we've we've just been seeing a lot of, like, older white guys dancing in movies recently as our antagonists. So I figure might as well include him, too. But I think this is the perfect time to announce this, right? It's 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 pride right now. And so uh, an LGBTQ plus revenge th- uh, slasher um, I think is going to be awesome. I, I hope we get to see all of them come out on top. Um, and, yeah, I, I agree with you Kevin I think it's going to be interesting to see how they can sort of um, handle and sort of set up the fun of a slasher with the more realistic like really real world scary aspects of conversion camps um, it's it's just gonna be interesting to see how they balance that oh absolutely uh, and it's just you know speaking of Kevin Bacon it's so cool that he got his start um, as a victim in Friday the 13th <laughs> And now he's yeah. come right full yeah. circle to be, you know, the, the seemingly the antagonist in another, you know, summer camp slasher movie. That's that's just a lot. It's always fun when they can do that. It's kind of like Ethan Hawke in, um, you know, the the, the uh, what's it? The Black Telephone, the Black um, Phone or whatever. Yeah, the Black yeah. Phone, you know, where he's been, you know, the the victim in so many really good horror movies in the last five, six, seven years. And now he's playing the the villain as well. It's always fun when. These great, you know, big name actors come back to to do something like this. Totally, and and you know, speaking of the names, like John Logan, uh, also wrote Skyfall and Spectre, uh, and one of my favorite animated movies, he wrote Rango. Uh, so I trust the writing chops here. Like I think he's he's definitely got something going for him on that aspect. Yeah, it's always interesting when established people go to do a horror movie because usually the genre doesn't get a lot of respect. That's where you almost like cut your teeth. That's where you get your start before your big break. Sure. And so if you've, if you have a resume built up and you know, then you, you feel that you have this story that's worth telling, even if it's in a genre that doesn't always get as much respect that, yeah. that seems very promising, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, I think, I think the horror genre has changed so much over the years. It has. I think that there, there is a, a, a respect for the, the genre. It is about trying to find a new way to, to be different in that genre. So it doesn't feel so tent pulled or, or connected to what's already been done. It's, it's being inspired by what, by what's already been done and, and kind of taking it in a new direction. So it's, it's one of those genres that you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a box 
where you're just you're stuck with just playing with the same things that all other horror movies are are, are playing with. So you gotta have you gotta have your twists and your turns and your sort of social commentaries and all those different things at play. So I feel like this movie is going to have a lot of that. And the teaser was honestly, as you said, Kevin was really well done. Well done. I think I, it gets, it gets scarier and yeah. scarier. I love how the, the, the frame is almost slashed in Slash. half, right? And it's, yeah. it's also, but like, and then the other aspect though that I love is, um, and we got this in game of Thrones when, uh, it was like a moment where they cut from like, I think they were like filling up a bowl of like porridge to like, cleaning out a toilet or something like that and you get that sort of visual uh, associative like sort of grossness and there's a moment in this teaser trailer where uh, on one side a pie is being cut into and on the other side it's like focusing on like a girl I think she's kind of getting getting some but she's you know it focuses in on her stomach and it's just to see that knife cut into the pie like where it's almost like the pie is the yeah. belly button like it was it, like gross me, it freaked me the the crap out. And I'm not usually freaked out by that stuff, but it was just sort of the association of those two uh, images. So well done. So images, I'm intrigued yeah. to see if they kind of implement that in any way beyond the teaser trailer. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to see this. This is going to be streaming uh, on uh, Peacock, as I said, on August 5th. So I'll, we'll have to figure out how to watch Peacock stuff. <laughs> Let's move on to our next one here. Uh, this is One Up, uh, directed by Kyle Newman. Uh, it's a it's a movie coming to Amazon Prime. Uh, this is the description, not my description. <laughs> this is the description that they wrote. This outrageously funny esports comedy follows Vivian V. Lee, a competitive gamer whose impressive skills have landed her a college scholarship and a place on the Betas, Barrett University's male-dominated team. Uh, but when the Betas captain, Dustin, tells V she'll never be a starting player, it's game on. Joined by her best friend Sloan and the un and under the guidance of her coach Parker, uh, V forms a fierce all-girl team to band together with one common goal: to level up to the nationals and to take down the Betas. Uh, this is starring Paris Berelk, uh, Ruby Rose, Taylor Zakar Perez, uh, Harry Neff. Aviva Mongilo, Lolita Mylena, uh, Naomi Kyle. If you uh, follow IGN, you'd know Naomi Kyle. Uh, Nicholas Coom, uh, and the movie's director is also playing a role in there, uh, Kyle Newman. This is streaming exclusively on Amazon Prime on July 15th. Guys, what did we think of uh, One Up? <laughs> I just, I just want to say, I love that you have to, you had to absolutely clarify that you did not write that synopsis. <laughs> yeah. You are not calling this an outrageously funny movie. No, because we all know that it will not be that. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. I, I, I know we can all appreciate what they're trying to yes. do, but it does feel like that this is this movie has been designed to hit a specific target market. Uh, you know what I mean? So yes. Gaming for females is huge. There's a market. Yeah. Uh, kids and, and younger generation uh, who are gaming and are in that world, that's another market. Um, you know, the slapstick comedy style. Like, this feels like pitch perfect, but with video games, in my that's opinion. That's what I was looking for. You take it, it feels back. Like, <laughs> pitch perfect is <laughs> better. Not done as well. Not yeah. done as well. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's 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 definitely, it's. It, but I just mean in the sense that it, it it's playing with, yeah, with very- it's trying to do that. It's trying um, to do the legally typical comedic, right? Tropes. The legally blonde thing exactly. as well. The legally blonde, right? But it's yeah, not. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is, is that the entire pie, the entire trailer just it doesn't seem authentic. Like it doesn't feel like it, it was no, written. It's, it like there were any fake, yes. women or, or or girls or women uh, behind it. Like I don't know if there were. I didn't look that far into it. But but it just feels really. Uh, very cheese like just not even good cheesy That's a good question. like bad cheesy and also like the comedy really doesn't work there's a lot of like gross out humor and it just as i said it feels super inauthentic and and just kind of unfortunately not what people should be watching i don't know so it just 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 for the for the sake of it yeah i just yes directed by kyle newman produced by richard allen reed michael okay. phillip and Jason Mooring as the three producers. When I just type it into Google, yeah. the first thing that comes up here. Um, so, so, so yeah, those do sound like, like is, male names, obviously. Dudes. <laughs> don't know, but yeah, they, yeah. Those sound like dudes. So, yeah, I do think that this is a little out of touch. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's in touch with actual... That it feels that like a group of people feels who like have very out of touch. Yeah, people have money who are just no like, connection. oh, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. How much will we make off that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah this looks like... 
you know, not American Pie. It looks like American Pie Bandcamp. You know, yeah. a crappy exactly. direct DVD go. movie. That is what yeah. this sort of looked like. And it's funny you mentioned you Pitch Perfect because the only even remotely potentially funny part of the trailer is actually ripped off from Pitch Perfect where you have a guy on said, the yeah. one team and a girl on the other team. They were played by Adam Devine and Rebel Wilson and Pitch Perfect who hate each other, but there's also some you know sexual tension sexual there. And tension, I, and I yeah. see that exact same joke being played out in that trailer. And it's like, man, this movie just looks like it's going to be a weak ripoff of good parts from other movies in other this movies. sort of style. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, this is Mashed the easiest, up. like, I am saving my quarters. I am yeah. letting it run to game <laughs> over. Like, I am not playing this one at all. It sucks because, like, again, the storyline is a cool idea. It's such a cool concept. And, like, the esports e e world, just, it's there. Dude, yeah, it's huge and it's so big and I think it's not been adopted by by a wider audience and I think a, a good written movie uh, that feels authentic like this like imagine dude just imagine if we just got the people that did Cobra Kai to make an esports movie like that would be that's perfect that's exactly what this is trying to be sure but I think people know what esports is you know they, they fucking rent out massive stadiums for these things yeah. it's, it's huge people know what it is I think the, the part that really intrigued me about it was the fact that they're telling the story about about girls in this in this gaming culture which is which is very relevant yeah. the stats are huge on girl gamers that are kicking boys asses yeah. in these these games yeah. so to have a story like that being told and, and being and being you know um shared that's that's really cool it's, it's letting people know that it, video games aren't just a, a guy's thing right yeah. so i can totally get behind that idea but it does feel like after watching this trailer it's completely out of touch with that group of audience that from female and gamers i yeah. just feel so forced it just yeah. feels you know non-authentic as you said so Dude. well we'll have to wait and see what the uh Listen, if it if it if it gets critical praise, uh, then maybe we'll check it out. But other than that, I'm not going to touch this thing. I, final note here: pr production companies are Lionsgate and BuzzFeed Studios with yeah. distribution yeah. from Amazon Studios. No, so no. it all sounds like everyone's got their hands in some algorithm stuff. That's like, yeah, let's just make this movie. Right, all those BuzzFeed quizzes, like <laughs> all those BuzzFeed quizzes. This is what came from it. We finally know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our our final trailer for trailer time here. Uh, one that I actually thought was really uh, surprising. Honor Society, directed by Oren Zegman. Uh, this is a movie that's coming out to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, Honor is an ambitious high school senior whose sole focus is getting into an Ivy League college, assuming she can score the coveted recommendation from her guidance counselor, Mr. Calvin. Uh, willing to do whatever it takes, Honor concocts a Machiavellian-like plan to take down her top three students, uh, student competitors until things take a turn when she unexpectedly falls for her biggest competition, Michael. Uh, this is starring Angry Rice, uh, Gatton Matarazzo, and Christopher Mintzplass. Uh, this is, again, streaming on Paramount Plus July 29th. Guys, what did we think of the trailer for Honor Society? I will just say, good lord, how old are we that Christopher Vince Platz is now the teacher? Like, oh doesn't my make sense. god, doesn't make that sense. long since super bad? <laughs> it doesn't cow. make sense. Honestly, I can't, I can't buy it. Like originally, I'm watching this trailer, I'm like, he's not a principal. He can't be the principal over a school. Even a guidance, guidance counselor. counselor. I'm not yeah. even a guidance counselor. I'm not buying it. No way, dude. He does not fit that role at all. And obviously, that's kind of what they're playing with in the trailers that he is like, he's super young. He's like, come see my show or whatever. So I get it. Maybe he'll end up uh, surprising me with it. But I love the fourth wall breaking narration in the in the trailer. I think uh, Augury Rice is fantastic. If you don't know where you've seen her before, mm -hmm. uh, you've seen her as Ned's girlfriend, Betty Brant, in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. She was also, um, first time I ever saw her was in The Nice Guys, and I actually saw that going back to our first news story at an Alamo draft house. Uh, so that was kind of fun, and she's phenomenal in that. She plays a much older she's always sort of played a much older soul and obviously that's true in this in this movie as well um and she was also in uh, an episode of black mirror with uh, miley cyrus where she does sort of play a little bit mm. more of a younger character there but i don't know i i, I think this looks really fun i don't know a, a high school like sort of like drama but like with some sort of quippy deadpool-esque stuff with a female uh, protagonist. yeah for sure kind of neat yeah it looks very much like uh like a rushmore 
like that sort of that sort of idea. I mean, we've looked now back to back at two sort of high school based films, and one looks. I don't know if this seems so good just compared to One Up, or if it actually <laughs> that does might seem be a, like a good movie. Yeah. It's, it's got to be somewhere in in between there, but. No, I I was yeah. blown away by this one. Like it, it definitely I went, Oh, that doesn't look too bad at all. Yeah, I, I think this was my favorite trailer of the trailers that we talked about. Yeah. I, I think it in contrast to one up, this trailer is very in touch with what it's trying to say. It and it and it confidently represents itself in this trailer. I think it it's having fun. I love that uh that we see um, Gatton Matarazzo in something else other than Stranger Things. I mean, he's he is basically um, playing yeah. the same character, though. Like, let's be let's be fair. He's playing a he, big nerd. Well, but but he is. <laughs> this is a different version. I don't think this is the the confident. He's comfortable with himself, Dustin. This is a right. not so sure of himself. Michael is what his name is, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, Christopher Mintz as as Mr. Calvin. It's crazy to think. The guy still looks ridiculously he young. He could be one of the high school students in the movie with them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But they have to make him look old by putting him in tweed jackets yes. and like you know what I mean? Like they had to like make him look old. So yeah. uh, I think it's kind of funny. But yeah, he's 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 funny and I I know he'll deliver, but he seems like the the typical sort of like uh, Dean, if you will, that's gonna get in their way, right? Totally. Or get in her way. Yeah, man. And like um as we said, it's it's directed by uh, Oren Zegman, who I've got to say I've I don't think I've ever seen any of their stuff. I don't know. It's it seems like pretty stuff. pretty. It's directed by a, a woman. Okay, her name is is Oren Oren Zegman? Yeah. Uh, looking at her her past work, yeah, I don't think I think she's done uh, probably a lot more shorts. This is uh, probably her first feature right. by the looks of it. It um, based on her IMDb. So. Yeah, like again, I think this is something that is confidently in touch with with the story that it's it's trying, trying to, tell, to tell, which is and such it, a that is very, stark very contrast. Much, yeah, very much in contrast <laughs> yeah. from from one up, which yeah. it just feels so disconnected and so out of touch. Yeah, man, very cool. Well, uh, I am stoked to see Honor Society again streaming on Paramount Plus that, yeah. on July twenty mm-hmm. ninth. Uh, we'll be talking about it probably on a future, uh, maybe a future watcha. Speaking of of whatcha, we're done trailer time, guys. Let's get into whatcha. Uh, I'd love to know, because uh, it's been a while. Kevin, what's one thing that you want to highlight that you've been watching, playing, gaming, reading, sl- doing anything? Whatcha? Uh, I do have to admit, it's been uh, a really busy uh, couple weeks, months, whatever. You know, we're getting ready for uh, the arrival of little Robbie at the uh, end of August. Um and so even just over the last week, our uh, my mother-in-law was in town from, actually from your neck of the woods there, Nate, oh, coming wow. in from uh, Nova Scotia, because uh, we had the, the baby shower over the weekend. Um, and so it's always tough to watch a show or watch episodes of a show that, you know, a house guest or whatever isn't watching. You don't want to, mm-hmm. hey, we're on season three, episode five of The Boys. Why don't you just tune in and watch Herogasm? <laughs> Um, so I actually yeah. have a lot of things. <laughs> Although I, I would have loved if on. you had done that to your mother. Just, <laughs> well, yeah, just springboard somebody into an episode <laughs> of a show like that, right? Um, the giant we dick. did watch. Oh my yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This love is sausage. what you guys are love doing. You're going to make terrible yeah. parents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but one thing we did watch was uh, a movie I wanted to see just because it's uh, one of my favorite subgenres: the romantic comedy adventure. Uh, so oh. we checked out um, uh, the Sandra Bullock and Uncharted? Channing Tatum, The Lost City, um, oh. and uh, I actually had a lot of fun. Uh, that's yeah. I, again, I love the genre, and uh, for what it was, it was a really fun little adventure comedy. There's some great comedy. Brad Pitt's great in it. Uh, I love Channing Tatum. He's so opposite of the typical leading man. He plays like good-looking klutz so yeah. well. He's he's so yeah. good at it. You know, Sandy B's a rock star. So, and, uh, you know, Daniel Radcliffe made a, a fun little antagonist. So, no, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, if you want an easy breezy movie, that's available now. Um, we streamed it for free. I couldn't believe it considering it was just in theaters. So, yeah, it was great. That's cool. Yeah. It seems like, like from the trailers and, and everything I've seen about it and heard about it, it just seems like a fun sit down popcorn movie. You can turn your brain off and just sort of have fun with it. And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, any, exactly. any chance to, to get to look at uh, 
Brad Pitt and Sandy B and Channing Tatum and even old Danny Raddy. You know, old, the old Danny Rad, I think, is, uh, is, a, is a great opportunity, um, especially to see him playing characters that I, I'm, I'm assuming, based off the trailer, are kind of outside of, uh, of, again, what I think a lot of people unfortunately expect with Daniel Radcliffe. Um, so that seems pretty great. Yeah, I will say he's mm-hmm. kind of a little similar to, um, uh, sorry, one second here. Yeah, I wanted to make sure. Uh, he's a little similar to his character in Now You See Me Too. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, mm. so if you suffered through that one, this is a better, <laughs> just a better movie than Now You better See Me Too. So if you want to see Daniel, if you want to see Daniel Radcliffe be a bad guy, check out Lost City instead of Now You See Me. Blah. Nice. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite uh, memes that I just discovered. I don't know if we want to bring memes to the Whatcha, but uh, was a meme of Daniel Radcliffe, and it was uh, it was. Daniel Radcliffe's face on a on like a mountain or on a cliff, uh, like superimposed, and then it just had nothing there, and it was just his face, and he was really boring. And then another one underneath it, and that and that was like him with like sunglasses, with like a truck, like a, a, a giant monster truck jumping off of it. And so the one on top said Daniel Boring Cliff, and the one below it said Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Uh, so I really hope he's uh, seen that one before. Uh, Justin, whatcha? <laughs> Oh man, it's been a busy week. Uh, everything I've really watched uh primarily is stuff that we've watched. Fuck, it's, you know, yeah. only murders and uh I saw Thor, which we'll talk about later, yeah. but uh um I guess the th- one unique thing I did uh, over the last few weeks was was I've been playing uh the new Ninja Turtles game on my Switch and PS5, yeah. Shredder's Revenge. Let's go. Uh, uh, Nate, you and I, we beat the um, the main the main campaign, campaign. Uh, yes. which was great. And uh, yeah, yep. it's um, it's a light story. It's not that long. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the pure nostalgic vibes of Dude. of the game itself, the colors, the sound effects, the new uh, the new animations. I could just watch that intro video. On, on my PS5. You were saying you want a whole animated just series from that, right? Yeah. I from the game, I like the game should just be turned into an animated totally. mini series that just kind of explores the, the, that story and, and maybe tells it a little bit better uh, as as an actual piece of content uh, outside of the game. But the game itself is is so much fun. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. I did I did enjoy as we were playing through it, like Justin, like again, I'm I'm normally the one, especially with a lot of these games, who if I'm playing with somebody, I'm kind of maybe explaining like my overzealous fandom to them. But this was kind of a refreshing thing for me because as we played, I think we sat down about three or four times to play it over co-op online. And just like getting to hear you like childishly like like giddy over like oh there's there's like metalhead and there's holy crap there's dino bot or whatever whatever dude it was so much fun to hear you like freaking out over these characters showing up and all these villains and uh yeah man it's it's again we talk we just talked about like a a, sh- a movie that looks like it's confidently trying to tell its story and this game is Exactly. confidence it's dripping confidence Confident, it knows yeah. what its audience is and yeah man so much fun kevin you gotta you gotta get on the turtles with us because then we can do three player or get even get yeah, darcy in here get meg in like yeah. let's all do it dude yeah we do yeah, man. yeah we could do it on uh, switch no problem yeah, so man. uh nate how about yourself what have you been <laughs> i thought you with? would never ask dude i'm like sitting here i'm like <laughs> what are these two gonna ask me about my watch listen um it's funny it's, it's funny that all our trailers this week are for streaming content um because for you know my watcha not only is it streaming content it's exclusively streaming content from youtube uh i have a youtube premium uh subscription uh because i watch so much youtube and i get all these people don't at me if you want to at me be like you know you can cut out ads for free with ad blockers and it's super easy to install i don't care about all that i'll pay for it i'm happy to um but every now and then i come across youtube premium originals and i wanted to shout out this like 
it's a really funny little sort of surprising little series. Uh, it's only got three seasons, and it's it's so it's not a huge commitment if you want to just jump in and, and watch it while you're having a meal or something. Uh, it's really fun. It's called Liza on Demand. It stars Liza Koshy, uh, who is a she's a mega YouTube star. Uh, it also stars Travis Coles and Kimiko Glenn, and it's basically about Liza who works for an app called Taskit, where she completes a bunch of really odd jobs like. Like, there's this one episode where she gets, I just watched, she gets hired to be a professional mourner at a funeral. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, it's like how you would hire like somebody to fill out a party, but she's filling out a funeral and she gets there and the entire place is filled with other professional mourners who are all like shaming her because she does, she can't cry on demand. And they're all like showing her like, she, she's like, they're like professional, they're like, yeah, this is how I cry. And like. One of them gets discovered for having like what the what the uh, the guy that hires them all. He's like, yeah, and I discovered he had some performance enhancing uh, onions in his pocket, and he was like, <laughs> so it's just really fun stuff like that. There's another one where uh, she gets hired to again attend a party, but like it's only because she's a minority and she's at like this like mayor's uh, like. I don't know, some sort of like big mayor mayor announcement speech thing. And so she's literally there as like one of three other minority people. And she's like sitting at the front and she's like, she has no idea what's going on. Uh, and then she discovers that it's like this horrible, horrible white guy that she's like now promoting and is on posters for and stuff like that. So it's very like, it reminded me a lot of like Lucy, like I love Lucy where, like, the main character is just getting into all these, like, sort of funny little situations. Sounds like it. Um, that sounds like a great uh, comparison. Right? I highly recommend it. It's it's very modern-day comedy. It's it's It touches upon a lot of, like, modern-day stuff, but it never, like, at least for the first season that I've watched so far, it never gets really heavy. Like, it's really light. Um, so if you have YouTube Premium, I would give it a shot. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Lies on demand. Check it out. <laughs> that actually sounds like a great yeah. concept. Yeah, man. Really fun stuff. Um, which I think, believe it or not, wasn't my I Love Lucy didn't have something to do with an app. Wasn't it something to do with like an app based thing with I Love Lucy when we did our um our total recast for I Love Lucy? Jeez, it was so sure long ago, but it might have. I'm pretty sure it was because it was I Love well, you know what? Lucy. A listener right? is gonna have to go check out that older episode and <laughs> yes. let us know. Totally, totally. Uh, well, That's, listen, that thing is, is that thing is as vintage as I love Lucy. Let me tell you. <laughs> At this point, for sure. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> that's it. We hope you enjoyed This Week in Geek. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content we cover here, well, listen, I'm going to uh, send a raven, my lord, over to uh, the, the great J-Law of the North and have him tell you how you can reach us. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, including our spoiler-free reviews for uh, The Man from Toronto as well as The Sea Beast, uh, which are both out now um, for you to listen to. And then I believe Sea Beast uh, comes out uh, on Netflix on July 8th. July 8th. Uh, right. So Man from Toronto is yeah. out now, but Sea Beast, you got to wait a little bit on Netflix. But if you live in Canada, um, specifically in Toronto, and is it Vancouver, Justin? Yeah, go see it. Yes, that's go correct. see it in the theaters. Go support this uh, this animated project because um, I think we need to be supporting more animated stuff from Netflix. It sounds like that's a, a really good idea right now. Uh, we also have our spoiler free review for Disney and Pixar's Lightyear. Uh, and we've got a ton of interviews as well. Like we interviewed Lightyear director Angus McLean, producer Galen Sussman, and composer Michael Giacchino. We interviewed Miss Marvel directors Adil and Bilal, who did episodes one and six of that show. And we also interviewed interviewed uh freaking hayden christensen anakin skywalker himself and deborah chow director of the obi-wan kenobi series absolutely phenomenal stuff uh, and we recently wrapped our watch club for obi-wan so if you watch the finale and you're freaking out like we did come and listen to that episode the original trilogy all of us three here had a really good time talking about that finale and we currently have our other watch club every single week for miss marvel uh where we break down every moment filled with speculation uh which drops every single friday uh of course our review for thor love and thunder will be coming soon on july 5th uh, so keep an eye on our socials to see whether or not the gods have graced us with yet again another excellent Thor movie. Uh, and finally, 
Of course, this is This Week in Geek. We're going to be dropping This Week in Geek episodes every single Wednesday where we bring you the latest news and trailers. Of course, if you didn't catch our last one, uh, Justin actually talked to Darcy and I about Star Wars Celebration while we were there uh, at the con, and we discussed all the incredible reveals as well as the amazing things about Star Wars and trailers and footage that isn't even out yet. Uh, little secret things that we share. So definitely go give those episodes a listen and leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin, Kevin... Thank you so much for joining me for This Week in Geek. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>